0: This is the Traxxas Sector Warcast, a podcast about Warhammer 40k Conquest, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Lopez and John King.
1: Episode 2 Heavy Metal Swarm.
0: All right, welcome. This is episode 2 of the Traxxas Sector Warcast. My name is Tobin Lopez. I'm John King. And uh, we are proud to bring you uh, this second episode of what we hope we are excited to to have um, become a regular thing. Yes, um, it is. Uh, we we last we got together. We talked about various things. One of which was store championships, and and Fantasy Flight must have heard us because they they uh, announced those store championships. We'll be talking about those later. Um, and then we also want to let you know for those of you who have the. Uh, the granddaddy of them all, iPad or Apple products. Um, we are on iTunes now, so you may subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, do a search for Traxxas, should, should do it, um, and we're right there, so you can subscribe to us and, and um, have those episodes come to you, come push to you. As always, we're hosted on Team Covenant, and we also have a Facebook page at uh, do, a sec- do a Search for Traxxas Sector Warcast. So what's up this week, Don, or this this cast, I should say? Well, we definitely
1: want to say thank you to the kind words of support for the last podcast. Uh, encouragement was very nice. Um, great great to hear that uh, people are interested uh, about this great game. We're definitely interested. We like doing this. Uh, uh, thank you for again. Any correction, any, any things that we do get wrong, please do point it out. And uh, one of the things I, that I want out of this podcast is to learn to be a better player. And to do that, uh, you got to make mistakes, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, and, and to that, thanks. Thanks for. Uh, uh, one uh, gentleman pointed out on Team Covenant blog that that we had we had mistakenly said that the Inquisitor. Uh, Inquisitor card coming out in the sixth pack uh, was an astro Militarum card, but in, in, indeed it is a neutral card, so it will be splashed uh, at your heart's desire should you decide to do that. And so that was one, uh, one mistake we made last week, and uh, hopefully uh, we've corrected it, uh, but we will make a whole lot more this week, if not, uh, <laughs> if not in the future, because that's what we do. We make mistakes and we learn, right? So... Um, well, I, I think some of our topics are going to be kind
1: of contentious because one of the things we're talking about is uh, we're going to take a couple of factions maybe talk about some strategy. And I will be the first to admit that I like having to put a complicated strategy on the table. <laughs> so uh, I, will, I will lay something out here because I'm excited about some cards uh, out of the new data pack. I'm sorry, out of the new War Pack that had come out and how that fits. And I think, uh, is it top tier? Is it something you're going to pull off in a tournament? Is it
0: something that's going to take you to the next level? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, um, we're also going to talk about, we're going to do some uh, uh, how we go about deck building. We're going to talk about that. And, and obviously John coming from one core is going to come at from, it from a different angle than me with two cores. Um, and, then, and then we're going to uh, talk, choose one card. That we just can't I can't I really really want to put in my deck but I can't really it ends, it ends up being the 51st card in a 50 card deck um, we'll talk about uh, some of the beauties of the game what I see from a game game design standpoint um, I'm no game designer I don't. I don't even pretend to be but I can appreciate a well-designed game as as I think a lot of us can so okay so the first thing John Faction strategy. What faction do you want to talk about strategy today? What-
1: um, it was one of the ones I was initially drawn to, the one I played at Worlds. It's Astra Militarum.
0: Okay. All right. And so we're talking about, at least in this day and age right now, is Colonel Strachan. Right? Correct. And Colonel Strachan gives uh, plus one attack to every soldier and warrior who is at the planet with him.
1: Correct. Correct.
0: When he's not bloodied. <laughs> when he's not bloodied, yes. Yes. Uh, so, what what are your thoughts on, on strategy for the AM or the Imperial Guard, as those classicists might might call them? Well, looking at
1: the the cards that have, that have come out and the the existing cards that are in the loyal faction, are, are those loyal cards and the cards that are in faction uh, specific, specifically Strachan's Command Squad. It's a two resource, two attack, two hit point one command icon unit and it's a soldier um, but when he leaves play you put a guardsman token into play at the same planet so uh, you basically gotta kill him twice the thing though, that I, I, one of the things that I realized that maybe I wasn't playing enough of at Worlds was I, I feel that Astrid Militarum are really more of a swarm deck. Um, yeah they have some big units there's of course the Lehman Russ Battle Tank uh, that's a big bad boy that comes out. Um, you've got some ranged, but I really feel like where their strength may lie is just absolutely overwhelming your opponent. Um, not necessarily getting those big units on the table and hitting, hitting for a lot, but and hitting for once, but one shot, one kill, but actually just whittling everything down. And, yeah, and,
0: and, and I've thought about this a little bit with respect to the orcs because I built an orc deck. Um, for the first time since our last meeting and I've, I've taught and I've played it a couple of times. And it's it's first of all, orcs are different, right? You have to, mm-hmm. you have to like having damage. You have to appreciate having damage <laughs> on your cards, right? because the, the warlord uh, makes everybody brutal. But also the swarm aspect of orcs. I mean, orcs are very swarmy. And so that got me thinking about almost can, cannot everybody be swarmy? I mean, uh, certainly the, the, the Dark Eldar with their Chimera tokens can be swarmy. Yeah. Chaos can be swarmy with their Cultists and their Cultist tokens. Um, uh, I don't know about the Space Wolves. I don't know about Space Marines being swarmy so much as uh, big, tough guys. So maybe they're right. the ones that aren't swarmy. But I was trying to think of somebody who, who isn't swarmy. And the only ones that came up with was kind of Space Marines... And maybe the Eldar, but Eldar, you end up drawing so many cards. They have such a command. They have such an advantage in the command struggle. At least it's my experience that they do. That you end up having a swarm because you're able to play all these cards, right? You right. Don't have them. So it'll be interesting to see how the game evolves. Do we go big? Right? Chaos sometimes doesn't go small. So yeah, you can big. drop. You can drop your big guys. Yeah.
1: And maybe, and I think you use. The, the small cultist tokens and, and cultist cards in chaos, as uh, be able to sacrifice those to bring your big guys into play,
0: right? Which is thematically appropriate, right? right, right. Everybody throws themselves off into the blood pool of whatever, and yeah, <laughs> this is where I'm showing my my Warhammer naivete with, with respect to the world. But I, I thought about that interesting, like,
1: well, I think the big thing about having a swarm deck is your unit's got to be. I've, I really feel the unit's gotta be a two cost or less. Because once you start getting into the three cost units, you're needing to look for something that is uh, either uh, has a high defense or maybe you're you're looking at something that has rank, you know area effect. Right, right, right. Right? Where it, cause a couple of the cards that have come out um, are Calamity, which you know, return an army unit with printer cost two or lower to an oath's hand owner's hand now um, you first look at this and you think okay this is a great anti swarm defense I'm gonna play this and you're gonna you're gonna return all those army you're gonna return all those units back to your hand but if you actually can fit in the, here, here's my here's my janky combo so I've got I've got a couple of strike and command units out at a planet um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, play this during the headquarters phase to return those back to my hand. When they leave play, I leave a guard to guard unit. Oh to yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. They, they, the, the, the command doesn't exactly leave play; they just become less commandy, right? Right. right. <laughs> exactly.
1: And so then I'm going to have them back in my hand, so that my next deploy phase, I can return them into, I, I can deploy them to another another planet. Yeah. And kind of repeat ad nauseum another card that really comes out that came out that uh, really uh, <laughs> got me thinking about that when i saw it is muster the guard now it's an Astro... it's uh, must muster yeah, the yeah, guard yeah. is out of the yeah, new yeah. data pack yeah it war is pack. war pack sorry yeah. it is Never a zero <laughs> it is a zero cost oh my goodness it it's a one shield card too it's a tactic maneuver it's a deploy action you exhaust your warlord to reduce the cost of each Astro military unit you deploy this phase by one so now all of a sudden I'm bringing those guardsmen back for one,
0: right? And all you, have to do is, all you have to do is protect your warlord for that combat where he gets where he gets uh, when, when he when you come right. to planet you got to protect him in that combat. Yeah, good point. because yeah.
1: yeah. when you when you deploy him to a planet he's going to be exhausted. So yeah. either you need to unexhaust him or you need to deploy to a planet where you're not going to be facing uh, the other warlord or a big swarm. Yep. Yeah. If you got shield yeah. cards.
0: So yeah, most of the guard is. Uh, I think it's a good. I don't know if it's a good first turn. Card, I don't think so. But it might be a good third or fourth turn when you still have the variability, the 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 planets to choose from, so that you can, if you really need to, protect your warlord because right. you're exhausting him. I mean, having an exhausted warlord at during a round of combat is a dangerous thing, right? right. Because as one of what we heard last week from our buddy Nat, he said, you know, the Warlord basically has a get out of jail free card out of every combat. You can just instead of attacking, you can take off, right? If you're exhausted, you can't if do you're that. Exhausted, you can't do that, right? So you don't that get out of jail free card. You got to wait a little bit. Definitely so don't want to.
1: Yeah, definitely don't want to take on. Uh, you know, deploy to the planet where you got the Eldar units that are uh, uh, get bonus bonus attacks for attacking exhausted units. Right, warlord oh, yeah. will get bloodied real quick.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I it, it's funny because we talked about the fact that uh, I, at least we mentioned not blooding warlords a lot. Like I haven't I, that I hadn't killed warlords. Well, in in the weeks since we've done our last podcast, or when we got together to record it, I've probably killed three warlords out of six games. <laughs> you know, like oh okay. Now part of that is because I'm playing newer players who don't exactly. Realize the timing situation of oh yeah I can I can take off um, I can get out of here very quickly um, so he so in a, in a couple of instances uh, my opponent attacked with his warlord instead of getting out like he attacked he had five on him it was unless he does something special I was gonna I was gonna bloody his warlord and so he attacked just to do two damage he didn't kill anything he just did two damage to somebody well that's obviously not the the long-term play, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, Would you attack and let your warlord be bloody to bloody the other warlord? Um Yeah, probably. Well, there's some warlords, right? And, and I started thinking about this, too. There's some warlords where you really want them in combat. Mm-hmm. You want them there at the planet, right? So you want well no, Strachan Strachan's one of them Strachan he's gonna, he's is one of them You give all your guys bonuses uh, Ragnar Blackmate to some extent is one of them oh I have a correction to make on that one too but like Eldoroth you don't necessarily need him to be in the combat right because his effect is is taken care of at the beginning you tap somebody yeah but then he doesn't need to be there he can tap he can tap out basically right right, right. and that's a,
1: that. you know that's a strategy we're going to
0: yeah you don't want Strachan to tap out you don't right. want uh, Secarius to tap out you certainly don't want Zarathur to tap out if you can if you don't have to. And, you know,
1: so going back to the swarm. Tap uh, out, I like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, we
1: were, we were talking about uh, what I played at Worlds. I played Astro Militarum Space Marine. I think the bat, the better combination with Astro Militarum, you brought it up, is Orcs. Because most of your Orcs are already soldiers or warriors. I'm sorry, they're not soldiers, they're warriors. But so Strachan still gives them bonus.
0: Yep, yep, yep.
1: They. Yeah, yeah, that can be a killer you know, too. Yeah, they don't unless they unless they they have the brutal trait, they, they don't won't increase your damage. But you're already giving them plus one, and not necessarily having to having to bloody them. The um, and most of the units are one cost, two cost, you know. So I I think those that's the, that's the faction to pair with Astro in in my mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody else can of course. I'm hoping to hear some good discussion. Like, no, Astra Militarum and space marine, you go with this combination. You know, this is the way to go. This deck dominates. I'd love, you know, I want to hear, I want to hear that kind of stuff.
0: Right. So, so, um, and with respect to orcs, uh, I, again, an epiphany. Right. We we have to keep playing this game. We have to keep looking at these cards. We have to keep realizing what the cards say and what they don't say. And with respect to orcs. One of the biggest combinations that you have uh, is Weird Boy Maniac, who for three, he's a Psyker, he's an odd boy, he's a unit, he's a, he is loyal to the orcs, so you're only going to see him in Orc decks. But um, he's a 2 4, one command icon, three cost. After the unit enters play, it's a reaction. After this unit enters play, deal one damage to each other unit of this planet. It's not a forced reaction, right? It's only an optional reaction. So a forced <laughs> reaction is forced. You must do this. You don't have to do that one. Oh, man. And I first noticed this when I was looking at the Space Wolves again <laughs> after our discussion last week. Ragnar's Black Wolves, right? The, the, the Ragnar the Ragnar, uh, the Black Main Sentinel, that is a reaction as well. Okay, so they don't have to they follow. They don't have to follow i've been playing them as if they oh, okay i follow okay oh, okay i go over i pull all my units to one planet and oh this sucks i can't i can't win command struggles in any of these planets because i'm playing these guys and i played it the whole time and so it was kind of i i didn't I, I think i mentioned before i didn't like playing ragnar it wasn't quite my style well now that i know that that's an option I've realized that that's an option, that they don't have to move. I might have to play them again. See Mm -hmm. how I can play. Because I was playing him as totally, it was a forced thing. I must go to where my warlord is. Okay. So so. that's a big difference between, so there's a big difference between reaction and forced reaction. So so, I've been thinking it's almost the same thing. It's Weird Boy Maniac. Oh, I don't want to play him at this, at the planet with all these little bitty orcs, all these little bitty orcs slotling because I'll hit everything. I'm like, oh, wait but I don't have to, so I'm just gonna play that, right? Um, so, that, uh, yeah, that was a big moment for me when I realized Black Main Sentinel didn't have to move. Well, I almost shot myself in the head. After. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm not worth the apparel guard. I'm done. I, I'm not smart enough.
1: Well, that, make, that makes sense now, too. So now, you know, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that when we get into the timing structure and everything with the reactions. So when you deploy Ragnar, unless you're at the planet with the Warlord, unless you're going Warlord hunting,
0: you don't have to you don't have to bring in his wolf pack. Right, right. You don't wow. have to bring his wolf pack. And the dog card that I talked about last week, which was his War Camp, right? right. War Camp doubles the damage that of any space wolf. That any space wolf, uh, space wolf's unit I control at a planet with your Warlord deals du- double damage while they're with the enemy Warlord. So, and Ragnar is a space wolf. Ragnar himself is a space wolf. So it wolf. affects him. So it affects him as well. So he's even stronger. So now that three isn't looking so like, really, three? It's more like, oh, I wish this was a, I kind of wish this was a two, right? <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're not saying, man, this is like a zero or a one card, which is what I've been thinking almost every time I've drawn it in my hand. But now that you're not, you're not pulling your units in, it hits the warlord, right? The warlord uh, Ragnar is one of the people that it helps. All of a sudden, it's huge. You can go warlord hunting. Well, yeah. Even if he's bloodied, the only thing, he doesn't
1: he loses, you know, loses the two damage, but he obviously doesn't lose the soldier or the space wolf tag uh, right. trait.
0: Right. And he's a two five when he's bloodied, or two six. He's a two five. Okay. So he loses. A he loses. Of his he
1: loses doing his plus two damage when he shows up at the planet, but that's it. <laughs> Yeah, and then his I two mean,
0: hit points because he has a, he's a two seven as a right, unblooded, right. right? So he's so he can take 12, a little bit more, little bit more fat, fragile. Wild, wild. Yeah. So if you're a war camp and you go to a warlord, you can do if you have initiative, you can do four, you can do six damage to order, which will take down just about anybody. Uh, you know, there's only a couple sevens. So that's uh, yeah, that's big. So again, we're learning, right? <laughs> it's all it's all uh, it's all us uh, in some cases. Uh, A learning curve, some are steeper than others. Um, but okay, so faction strategy swarm for Aston Military.
1: That's what I that's what I I feel. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, so in that case, Omega Zero, Omega Command Zero, Omega Zero Command, the signature location for him is huge. Would you do you mulligan if you don't have that in your hand? Uh. 7 out of 50. Do you mulligan if you don't have any hand? Probably depends on what else you have. I'll maybe think.
1: depends on what else. I mean, let's say if I if I'm looking if I'm looking for the Omega Zero command, which yeah, is a huge huge card, but all of a sudden my opening hand is three of the striking commands and a muster the guard and a calamity. And all of a sudden on turn 2 I can I can uh yeah. maybe have 6 7 units in play.
0: Yeah. And with the Omega Zero command, you still have to win the, Got in the struggle struggle, to
1: actually right. put somebody into play. Oh, so important thing to note here, uh, speaking of tokens, it is in the rule book you cannot have more than 10 tokens in play. So if you have multiple core sets, you still only get to have 10 tokens in play.
0: Yeah, someone mentioned this at Worlds. I, I, where, what? Huh? That is on That page. seems... Each player cannot have more than ten units of each given type by title and play at each any given time. Wow!
1: Now, if you got ten tokens in to play, <laughs> ideally, ideally you're still you're still kicking butt. So here's another thing, and I, I believe this is true. So again, with my new favorite card, Calamity, return each army unit with printed cost two or lower to its owner hand. What is the printed cost on a token? To calamity. Tokens aren't army units. So, oh, okay. So tokens are not army. So they are not affected by. So they
0: are not going to go calamity. away by calamity. They're Perfect. small enough to squeeze through the rubble as it's falling <laughs> on, on top of everybody else's head, right? So that's that's basically what, yeah. There, it's an army. They're not army units. They're tokens, uh, right? So maybe that goes to uh, the unit breakdown, warlords, armies. And tokens are all units. Uh, but the beautiful thing about the Guardsman token
1: is that it's still a soldier, so Strachan still gives it plus one. Yep. So all of a sudden, it's still a 2-2 yep. two, two at the planet he's and, at. Yeah, and hitting
0: that limit of 10 is actually not completely... Like, with the Cultists, it's not really... Not not completely possible, because you're usually sacrificing them. With the Orcs, you have Snotling stuff, so you could hypothetically... Get to ten with them, right? Um, but with the with with the command zero, the Omega command in play, if you're winning, if you're winning command struggles, at three or four planets a turn, three planets a turn, three turns, that's nine. so yeah. they don't go away, right? That's yeah. a big assumption. But you can you can hit that really quickly. That's without the command. That's without Strachan's command. Exactly, Technology doing all, the, all, all the other mechanics there. Yeah. So. yeah. And then Calamity, you hit with a Calamity, and all of a sudden you have 10 guardsmen in play, and you're winning command struggles and un, unable to play. Yeah, it can snowball. That's pretty neat. I like. Uh, what do you think about it being in the headquarters phase? You think it. Think it I, I love, and this is maybe a segue to our conversation about timing windows, but I. Absolutely love the structure of the timing windows that we have in this game.
1: Agreed. Um, I think if it, I think if it wasn't a headquarters action, it'd be too powerful for two cost
0: Yeah. So if it's a deploy, oh, if it's a deploy action, it might as well be a doom or something like that. Right. right.
1: Well, if it was command, if it was a, a combat action, that'd be that being insanely powerful. All of a sudden, it's like, all right, return all. I mean, return each arm unit. Yeah. It doesn't say add a planet. Doesn't say in your in your HQ. It says return each army unit. Everybody.
0: Yeah. Everybody so
1: yeah, that. all of a sudden you're gonna have a It's like, all right, well, you know, calamity during the combat phase. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah.
0: that would be that, rough. That, that
1: that's game that's game yeah. over, man. Game over. Yeah. To reference one of my favorite movies. <laughs>
0: um Yeah, so you you know, if if you're all interested in following us, we're on page twenty of the rule book. Um there's an action window basically at the end of the command phase, right? Which is interesting, although you can, uh, though during the deploy phase you can play actions as instead of deploying, right? I believe I believe that's how it works. Uh, deploy a card, initiate an action, or pass. So that's 1.3 of the deploy phase. Um, so you can do you can play actions during deploy, but you can't play them during command, which I think is. I think that's a that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, I like the limitation there. I like, it took me a while to learn the, the the back and forth of the command phase where you have an attack and then a window and attack and a window and attack and a window. And then the limitation on the windows of the headquarter phase. So what is your, what are your thoughts on, um, Deck building. So when you you have one core, so you're a little bit more limited, but now you have the the first the first war pack. So how do you go about building your deck?
1: um You know, right now, unfortunately, it's still kind of like uh, okay. I'm going to take all the cards from the faction and add them all, put them all in my deck, and then round out with uh, some of the allies because you know adding everything from from the core pack and the new w- war pack, there's only 38 militarum cards, not counting stra- Colonel Stracken, right? So, I, so I, that's I, including his eight. That's including his eight, eight. signature. So his eight okay. signature, then all the loyal cards, and you know, so I, I've come up to 38 cards. So I still have 12 cards I got to put in out of whether I'm whether I'm using uh, space marines or Orcs or right. neutrals.
0: Right. Well, and and. And I mean, really, in each of these decks, uh, this—I this, don't know about your standard. This is why I'm asking. My standard is three Void Pirates, two Rogue Traders, and two Promotions. Those are my neutrals that are in every deck until there's something that can come along and pushes those out. That's my—that's my neutral. Those are my neutral cards in all the—all the decks. Right, and I so I I so always that's what, include seven. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I you know with the one core set I've only got, I've only got the uh, two rogue traders two 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 yeah. so it's two two and two so it's six so th- th- that's forty four cards now I'm you know looking at six cards but normally um, I think if your deck strategy is a swarm you're going to want lots and lots of units maybe not so many of the shield the one unit shield or the one uh, shield event cards you're looking more for. Uh, just being able to get low-cost units on the table more than they can handle okay so uh, you know you might go might so go you, Might go 35 40 units and 10.
0: wow that's a lot of units yeah it is because i mean i i i was trying to put together and this goes to putting it together i i was using card game db which has a deck builder uh, and it's a pretty good deck builder it's i think there's, there's another one based on the Netrunner DB uh, skeleton. Um, but that one's still, I haven't figured that one out quite yet. So I use Card Game DB sometimes. But like I've mentioned before, for me, it's all seeing it all play together, seeing, picturing it on the table. So, and that's the beauty of this game right now is that you can take, and the way that deck construction works is you can take a faction. You, t- say, you take your Space Marines or your Astro Militarium and you lay them all out. Okay, there's my Astro-Militarium. man. is going to be my, my uh, ally? Well, I'm going to use Orcs. So then you take all your Orc cards that you can put in the astro militarum deck and you lay them out. Mm-hmm. And you're not covering a massive table. You have, you know, a, a, a play space that I mean, you're 67 using. Yeah, 67 cards sixty-seven cards. There's not too much. And you can look at it all and you can say, okay, here's my, here's these signature units. Here's this stuff. Here's this stuff like this. And I can see it more holistically and usually, I st- I still target my magic number is still thirty mm-hmm. for the units. Now, in one case, what did I just build? Uh, I think my orc deck I built with twenty-eight units because I have two Snotling attacks in there, which is four you know equivalent of four units each. Correct. But I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um,
1: so the some. one thing the one thing I do. When I go to include my ally, the one thing I always usually do is definitely try to pick units that have command.
0: Really? Yeah. So you go so you go that Yeah, I guess that's
1: now granted, like I said, I put together an Astro Militar Space Marine deck. So, so you don't have a lot of problem with command. Right. right. So yeah. the you know, I was picking I was picking uh, uh you know, the the other the the other units that had command out of, out of the Space Marines, and most of them have, yeah, yeah. Have, have at least one command. I mean, even their little ones who don't. Peter air doesn't. Woohoo! Oh. Peter <laughs> air! Right. Yeah. So that would be one. That would be one I'd leave out. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. So so but but once you put in what I've been finding is I get my thirty units, and that includes uh, just for the record, that includes the Void Pirates, and it includes the. Two rogue traders. So you know you. I only have 25 units and those five guys, right? Okay. So
1: you have some that are not combat capable.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just have units to play for command. right? Okay. Okay. Um, but I started. So and you really can't do this. You can if you're if you're good at division. Um, but what I started uh, looking at on card game DB is because one of the stats they give you is how many shields per character or how many shields per card. Via either attachment or event, right? How many shields do you have in the deck, and then how many shields per card? Wow! And I would be interested to hear what I think mine. Mine is at 1.15, mm-hmm. and you have to get that specific because one card can pump it up, especially if it's got two shield on it, can bump it up by uh, a tenth or t- two tenths of one percent, depending on how many of two tenths of a point, depending on how many. You, I mean, other cards you have, right? So it was giving you that, giving me that stat, and I'm like, I don't know what a good number is. <laughs> I, you know, I'm looking, and I have nine events, right? I have thirty units and nine events, and because you have, uh, you know, four support, and you have, so you have four support, thirty units, four support, nine events, and then that leaves you that's that leaves you seven spots for attachments. So if you're building a attachment heavy deck, then other things have to go, right? Right. If you're building a support heavy deck, other things have to go. Um,
1: if you're building a shield heavy deck, um, because I, I, I think this is an option with my Chaos deck. I'm gonna play big units and I'm gonna play lots of shields. So every attack, you might hit me for one. It's like, great, I'll shield for one. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to take idea. forever to knock those down.
0: Yeah, God, that would be really frustrating. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess my magic number of thirty—I have to be more, I have to less, be less beholden to that. Well, I,
1: I think so. I think thirty is a good. You know, when you mentioned this in the last podcast, I was like, you know, I hadn't even thought of that in terms of numbers, as far as um, how many units do I need in my deck, I, and I think thirty is a great number. And then you can fluctuate plus or minus five, maybe you know, if you're playing lower if you're playing a, a swarm deck, maybe like I said, you go higher, maybe not as high as forty, but 35, 36 units. Right. You know, if you're playing wow, that'd be a lot. if yeah. you're playing if you're playing big nasties you're know, like, hey, I need one, I need cards that are gonna give me uh, more more resources so I can play or, or play or be able to play those big guys out for less. Yeah. So yeah. You, maybe you go, you know, you go less units. You're only going 25 <laughs> units, and you're playing a lot more cards that's going to enhance your resources or, or, or let your resources go further.
0: What so what's, what's a card from? What's one card? We, and we've talked about our dog of war, like the one that mm-hmm. we would just never include, right? Um, and so we talked about that last time. But what's the one? What's the 51st card in the 50 card deck? What's the one that you really want to put in that you just can't bring yourself to do
1: it? Right now for me, it's out of, in the core set, it's out of Tau, it is the Earthcast Technician. Um, You look at, I mean, it's a great card. It's a one resource card. It's for a one-one unit who's a scholar, who's an ally, who's got a command icon. Boy, that sounds great. His ability, I always want to fire, but I've missed on this so many times, so his ability, now this is a reaction, so as as we pointed out before, this is optional. After this unit enters play, search the top six cards of your deck for an attachment or a drone card, reveal it, add it to your hand, and place the remaining cards on the bottom of your deck in any order. <laughs> you know, I, there have been so many times where I've looked at the top six cards and seen the six units I need, you know, yeah, yeah. Or, or, with or my my doom and and everything, and not and not get, and even if I do get the one attachment or or drone, I swear every time I every time I have a one doom in my deck. And when I when this thing hits a table and I trigger his ability, I put the doom on the bottom of my deck.
0: <laughs> and you're just every time right now. There's there's nothing to go get him. Right there's Correct. no tutor besides burning through your deck and getting to those bottom cards. Which you know the closest I've gotten, I think, to the bottom of my deck has been 15 cards. So I'll have drawn 35. Mm-hmm. Right. And you but but that's as close as I've gotten. That's the closest I've gotten. And and. You're right. I've seen this whiff, I whiff with. I did it a couple times in one game with that, and I, I probably went home and took it out of my deck. I was like, "This, ain't, this ain't happening." I don't, there aren't enough drones in the game. I, I don't think there's just not enough drones and not enough attachments. People, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've held various conversations with folks uh, around two game at two game stores, and they're all going. I really wish Eldar, and maybe you know, maybe this speaks to our experience, but they're all saying. Eldar or not Eldar, but Tau. I wish Tau would work. <laughs> well, uh, with Shadow Sun, I think you know the more attachments come out, the more attachments become available, the better he's going to be, right? Um, and so, uh, and and for the Earth technicians more specifically, the more drones come out as well. Um, so, uh, and then obviously he works well with getting the getting an attachment. But yeah, the whiff cards. There's a Astra Militarum card that when he leaves play, you can react and, and pull a, uh, an IG card, an, an Imperial Guard, Astra Militarum Guard uh, guy out of play. You know, look at him, see if he's cost two or lower. Is that right? Yeah, interrupt. When this unit leaves play, search the top six cards of your deck for an for a, uh, Astra Militarum support card with Pentecost two or lower. Put the card in play and place your main cards on the bottom of your deck in any order. Right? That's the engine. So, and that's an interrupt, which.
1: So that's an enge- engineer auger,
0: correct? seer auger, yes. seer auger. So, um, interesting. There's, it's not a reaction, it's an interrupt. So, uh, interrupts, uh, followed by ability checks. Unlike actions which are resolved during action, when those interrupts may be executed so interrupts it looks like interrupts do not have to be used so the takeaway
1: is we're looking at as long as everything's optional unless the word forced is on it right because there's, so, there's some yeah. cards out there's a, a unit out of the new data warp. there is a unit out of the new war pack that has a forced <laughs> reaction that when he enters play your opponent gets to move him to a planet,
0: right? That's a forced reaction, right? That's a force reaction. So, so it's not something that you can choose to do. Like, oh, I'm going to choose to let my opponent. No one would ever let choose to let their opponent do that. You're getting a, you're getting a really the uh, fact that I think he's uh, a three-two or three-three yeah, for three, a, yeah. one for one resource. Yes, yeah. but he gets to move them. I had I had uh, funny you mentioned that one. He I had my opponent play him three of them, two of them in one turn. And I went, oh, we're... and you only have five planets, right? And sometimes less. And he played them on, uh, I think, first turn. And I was kind of, didn't know the strategy there. So I, I think I put them at the same planet. Because <laughs> I was like, why not cancel out their command icon? You know, like, if he's already winning command there, we'll put another one there and he'll win. He'll just win that command. He won't win any additional stuff. So that was interesting uh the card that i picked for this um one that i just can't and, and, and it might surprise some Del- dark eldar players but it's power from pain it's power from pain which is a two cost event and it's combat action power torture you're putting a sacrifice in the army unit if able right it's one shield um I always have this in my hand when they have more than one unit, so I need to play it. I, maybe I'm playing it wrong, but I can't bring myself to put it in because they always have a choice, and almost always they get rid of a of a little pedantic little little guy, mm-hmm. right? Um, they'll get rid of a command struggle and put a or get get rid of a Strachan's command and put an army token into play, which isn't a bad thing, right? But it's not it's not optimal for two. Right now, he, it is a torture. I think it is a torture. It's not limited, like uh, raid is. So the the warlord coming down the pike will be turned on by the torture. Right, he'll be able to 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 use that. But right now, I can't for two cost. Um, I can't put it in, through my desk. I just can't find space for it. Mm-hmm. I'd rather so, have. Command a unit for two, you know.
1: So, as a new player, my question is if you play that on me and I have a unit at, and it's a combat action, so we're in combat, but I have units at my HQ or units at another planet, can I sacrifice that unit?
0: Yep, you can sacrifice any unit on the table. It doesn't have to be at that planet. planet. It's because your opponent must sacrifice an army unit if able. If it was, otherwise, it might say something like, target a planet. Your enemy must your you know your opponent must sacrifice an enemy unit at that planet if able, so.
1: So yeah, I see. I see that as as maybe maybe a little overcosted.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's an army unit, right? So it's not a token. Right. (laughs) It's not. It's not quite that bad, but so so maybe it just seems high cost right now because of the warlord. The warlord hasn't come into play. The the upcoming sixth pack. Right, that does love his torture cards, right? Torture cards are one less, right? Or maybe it's Eldar events. In either case, this is a one-cost event under him, with him, and that and in that case, that's a big deal. that's a big deal. Like okay,
1: right. I would Good imagine. Back. I mean, there's gonna there's gonna be other units or even isn't it, isn't there another unit where uh, when after you resolve a torture event that you can return something from your or no after I think after he deploys and he returns a top torture event out of your out of your deck. Uh, I'm sorry, out of your yeah. out of your group. Yeah there's
0: something to, something like that. Something like that going on. I've already I've already gotten all muddy on the on the previews because I've been looking at the other cards uh, trying to build some decks, right? So I and I built a uh, an Astro Militarum deck with Calamity in mind. I'm like, I'm gonna see if I can use Calamity and I included two copies, I believe, as a as a as an offensive weapon instead of a defensive weapon, an offensive weapon. So I, you know, and you play your uh, the the guys going out. You play your in command, and you play some other guys, and you trigger the calamity, and then pump it back and you play them again, mm-hmm. play them again, see what happens. Just as an offensive. See right. So so the, base is, so the bases.
1: So the basis of and I think maybe it's the basis of any swarm deck. Um. You know, we, we talked last time about how cards are maybe are probably more important than resources. I would think if you have a swarm deck, you need. <laughs> yes, you have to. If you're winning both, that's always great, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> right? Because you're always you're always going to get you're always going to get uh, four resources at the start of your turn. But maybe in the beginning, um, you know, especially if you're wanting to pull this Uber Calamity off, uh, you know, you got to be sitting on quite a pile, quite a stack of, Stack of resources to be able to pull that off.
0: Yeah, and, and, and now pull off a calamity and then play the play the uh, inquisitor that we were talking about last week that would we mean our error on with respect to his faction, right? So the inquisitor that reduces your hand size to four. So you play a calamity. So and there, he is a calamity. It would be offensive, right. case Because you would play a calamity, force your Force your and you maybe you're only playing with Stracken's command. Maybe those are the only two cost units you have. You have maybe avoid pirates and, and those guys, which are which are small potatoes. Mm-hmm. But then you but, but then you cost out at three. Maybe all your other units are threes. So I don't know if there's enough units for three to have that many units. At probably three about, cost.
1: Probably by that time that yeah. probably by that card yeah. comes out, it will be. I think right. I'm one of the things that that uh, that was pointed out uh, or that you pointed out to me when we were discussing uh, that other other game, Netrunner, that we played, (laughs) was that everybody always focuses on all the spoiled cards and, oh, when this card comes out, I'm going to do this. But it has inhibited you from building current decks. And I realized, yeah, I built a whole bunch of decks online, but I actually haven't built a real life deck since Worlds because I'm, oh, when this card comes out, when this card hits, I'm going to do this. Right, and, right, 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 right. And I don't want, I need to get out of that habit. I need to say, here's the pool that I have right now. How do I build this deck? And I think that'll make, eventually make me a better player because as more units get released, I realize, boy, this slots right into my Swarm Militarum Orc deck.
0: Right, right. Or you know, yeah.
1: this slots right into my Tau, Dark El- or Tau Eldar deck. Or this slots right into my Torture deck, kind of thing. And and all the all those cards that are on the bubble, you know, get like uh, Earthcast technician that I'm including because I, I have to, or it's or you know like, like you said maybe it's the 51st card and I include that instead of fallback. Um, those cards that are on the bubble get moved out for better options, and and that just it's going to make the deck stronger, but also I think makes. Uh, makes you a stronger player, because you already have know how the deck works and you've already played the deck and made and have experience with the deck when it was mediocre. Now that the deck has gotten better, well, then your results should be better because you become a better player too. right,
0: right? And it's a better mix. and and there's a certain amount there's a certain amount of to be said for amount of headspace, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're both fairly intelligent guys. I'm stupid on Sundays. <laughs> I'm I'm really stupid on some days, but that has more to do with me being a dad than anything else. I, I, I dumb down so that my my kids can have fun uh, with me as a dad. So, but but I only have a certain amount of headspace, so I wanna I wanna focus on the now. I wanna focus on the cards that are in front of me, and I wanna be able to build the best deck with the cards in front of me. And when the cards come out, when those cards come out, and people have been. And You know, when it gets close to that time when a new war pack hits, when a new data pack hits, when the new cards hit, you really start to chomp at the bit. Oh, like chop, chop at the bit, chomp at the bit, whatever the term is. You really start to get excited. You really want to see them. But until that you know week or two weeks comes in where FFG says, oh, they're on the ship, or they're shipping to, or whatever, or you think they should be shipping to the stores, besides those, those, couple, those few, maybe two weeks out of every six, Focus on that, focus on what's in front of you, mm-hmm. right? Pull out the cards, look at them, see what you can do. Because if you've got a good deck and new cards come out, you've got a really good deck working. Mm-hmm. So either you're playing it right or it's a good mix of cards, or it's a good variety, or something, something is going something's going right. And maybe a, one card or two copies of a card or two different cards will really strengthen that. You can swish those out. You can say, okay, the purpose of my deck was X. And I have these three cards that help that. And these three cards that just came out help that a little bit better than the ones I have in. So you can mm-hmm. do almost, if you can, do a direct swap. Right? And that makes your deck stronger, like you said. Hopefully, it makes it stronger. But if you build all those future decks, you're not going to be building decks today. Mm-hmm. Right? And the fact of the matter is is that we have store championships coming up, right? As we were sitting here last week, we said, oh, store championships haven't been announced. But sure enough, right? We're moving, well, by the way, we're moving to We've kind of lost large structure. We did a deploy phase. We're going to do the, we're doing command struggle now. And so I think we're not going to move into combat and we're going to talk about store championships a little bit. So there've been a lot of tournaments. I've seen a lot of tournaments posted, which is awesome. Unfortunately, none of our local stores are, 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 are holding tournaments other than uh, Wizards' Chest in Denver. Uh, but unfortunately, they've had to push theirs back a couple of times because of uh, uh, employees being sick and uh, and other uncontrollable events. So hopefully, Wizards' Chest in Denver will have a great um, conquest uh, event here in the coming weeks, probably in January. Anyhow, store championships were announced. Uh, there are four here in Colorado. Very uh, excited. Petri's, Wizard's Chest, Atomic Goblin, and... I don't
1: know. Was it one in Pueblo? Or no, I'm sorry, that was...
0: Maybe it was Parker, maybe it was uh, Enchanted Grounds. I cannot remember where the third one is. I apologize for that. So there's four in the area. We don't know when they are yet. Um, They will be scheduled soon. But... uh, to that end, so if you have a store championship happening in January, right? I mean, here we sit on in the week before Christmas and we don't have the second data pack yet. So chances are, if you have a January store tournament, you're not gonna see the third data pack. So you have to build in the now. Mm-hmm. You can't start thinking about that third data pack. You have to start thinking about one, this, the core plus Ragnar plus Halibach main and maybe number two right? Maybe the second one um, and the name's escaping me right now. So you, so play in the now, um, and then as store championships, as you realize the schedule, as, as hopefully there's some near you, as you hopefully realize those schedules, then you can start, you know, folding the new stuff in and know and having some kind of plan. Um, the, the conquest community, Netrunner community has a gentleman, uh, on Reddit, who spoils the full pack uh, about two weeks ahead of release, text-wise, he spoil, he does a text spoiler for the full pack about two weeks ahead of when the cars hit, cards hit. Uh, Conquest doesn't seem to have that community member yet. It, we will have it, eventually that person will show up and we'll all be thankful for it so we can do some planning for that next deck, for that next door championship, for the next regional, so on and so forth. But uh, until we have it, we don't know what the deck what those what what the full 20 cards are going to be or full 22 cards are going to be, sometime I believe it'll be February or March, sometime towards the end middle or end of the store championship seasons, FFG will announce that they're taking um, applications I guess applications, um, might be the right word for uh, regionals, okay so those are much more limited so. If I suggest having been through this process before, uh, if you want to host the regionals, if you want your store to host a regionals, obviously it helps if they've held a store championship, but have someone from the community who completely fills in those forms. Don't leave any optional fields um, open, right? If you want, if they want to know what, you know, they want to know what kind of hotels are near. Near the uh, game place, how big? It, how big is the game space? Are there? Is there food available? Where? Where are the nearest foods? What are they? Where is? How far is the airport? Um, these kinds of things. Don't leave those things blank. Strengthen the strengthen your uh, application and make those as strong as possible by filling in all that stuff. And then you'll get your regionals. Okay.
1: Like with, think of it. Think of it as a good term paper. That, <laughs> The, yeah, you, you, you can, you can, get, you can uh, turn in something that's satisfactory by just getting all the required points, but every little extra bit you add, you, you can get in there, bumps bumps up your chances a lot more.
0: Yeah, but there is, there is being someone who's grading those kinds of papers right now, you, you know, uh, limit yourself, be concise <laughs> when they ask you how many tell's are in the area. Tell them, seven. <laughs> and Don't say, need to list here address they, and phone and yeah, everything. Here, are the, here they are. There Conci- are seven hotels.
1: So concise <laughs> but thorough. There you go. There you go. So moving into the HQ phase, our closing remarks. Uh, one of the things I want to ask the community out there is, uh, last time I talked about how uh, I'm a big fan of the Space Marine in movies and, and talked about the Starship Troopers. Uh, what movie recommendations, because I want to expand my, my repertoire, expand my knowledge here. What movie recommendations, especially if it's something that's outside the American cinema that people watch and have seen that reminds them of Conquest or Warhammer 40k. Um, and it could be just any kind, even just clips. Uh, some of the things an example would be the movie Soldier with Kurt Russell in the beginning as they're talking about some of the battles that he goes through, it shows him obviously suited up and fighting other humanoids, not necessarily, you know, they're not fighting aliens like they are in aliens or Starship Troopers. They're, they're, you, I can, you can kind of superimpose the Warhammer 40k universe on that, seeing these warring factions and maybe he, maybe they're there uh, fighting, fighting chaos on the planet. Um, Somebody at lunch today recommended the movie Ultramarine which is an animated one which also got me thinking about um, a clip out of the 1970s movie Heavy Metal. If uh, Even though that's animated that is not a kid film so if you don't watch it with your kids thinking that this is going to talk about Warhammer 40k but there's one story in there where uh, the evil comes to the planet and it infects uh, the local humans, and basically turns them into a ravaging, killing machine, ravaging, killing army, uh, you know, shows them burning cities. And, and that really reminded me of what I saw in my mind's eye as I was reading Necropolis, uh, with the other, the other hive being completely infected, men, women, children all uh, going to war,
0: yeah, that's the that's the thing that I thought about when you talked about this movie was that scene out of uh, Necropolis, which is a book by Dan Abnett, a God's Ghost book by Dan Abnett in the universe. And yeah, like zombies, right? I mean, exactly. Basically, just blood zombies. Instead of eat your brains, we'll just eat you, right? Yeah,
1: so crazy. I mean, you know, and then the the heavy metal story it goes back to a uh, you know it rapidly trans you know, transfers back to uh, fantasy is. Uh, half-naked woman is riding a pterodactyl and a magic sword in to go defeat the evil. So yeah, that that's where it stops being Warhammer 40K. But this that just that symbol that that scene where um, the this evil envelops the people and out of the out of this uh, miasma of of dark force rise these monsters, these monstrous humans just screaming death. That just struck me as such a chaos thing that was really, really cool. So that's what I like to hear. Um, uh, uh, we're, we'll talk about more books at, and the universe, but uh, yeah, if there's any if there's any movies out there that, that people like, you know, and I don't care about production value. I'm not looking for a Hollywood blockbuster. One of my favorite movies is Hawk the Slayer out of the 80s. If nobody knows that movie, it's Sword and Sorcery. If you don't know that movie, Go look it up and see if you can find some clips on YouTube. It is so so bad, it's awesome. <laughs> Jack Plants is the bad guy. And I swear, two of the special effects are glow-in-the-dark ping-pong balls and silly string. I kid you not. Glow-in-the-dark ping-pong balls and silly string. That you know, so it's one of my one of my favorite movies. So, don't be embarrassed to say, "Well, this is a student film that got put out on YouTube, and it's awful." But hey, it's like I want to see it. All right, cool. So yeah, please you know leave that (laughs) leave that in the the, leave that in the in the comments at our team at where we're hosted at Team Covenant. Uh, Please email us at tracksectorwarcast at gmail.com. Um, put it on out on put it in the Reddit forum,
0: For, Facebook page, Facebook yeah. page. Yeah, John would love to hear from you. Uh, don't don't if the I'm going to pay attention to the ones with high production values. <laughs> <laughs> I have very limited time. My wife and I are trying to figure out exactly how we're going to manage to see the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit movie. Oh, I I guess I I guess I should qualify.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm covering overnights here coming up soon to cover some holiday coverage. I work in the IT field, as I said, so I got some long nights ahead of me. (laughs) That's why I'm looking for this stuff. So, something to keep me entertained or distracted while I'm making sure things aren't blowing up. That'd be great.
0: Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, that's our next. That's that's episode two. Um, uh, We're gonna take a. A, a break here during the during the holiday season. We'll come back to episode three, uh, I hope, uh, you know, mid to early January. Yes. Right? After yes. the year.
1: Thanks to Team Covenant for hosting this Warcast. If you would like to join the discussion have ideas for future episodes, feedback, or questions for us, you can contact us at traxissectorwarcast at gmail.com traxis is T R A X I S sectorwarcast at gmail.com via our Facebook page or leave a comment in the episode's comment section. Thanks for listening. The Emperor Protects.